0: So here's the last selection, alright, <clears throat> this comes from The Glory Going On. When is the best time to get an innate thought flash through the educated brain? Obviously, when there's nobody home, when the halls are empty, when rooms are vacant. When is that? when education is asleep, when it is not there to interfere or oppose a clear passage, when channels are open, when there is no interference from education to innate between the two brains. For this reason, the clearest and best of innate's vast wisdom thought flashes come through at night. Innate is so often insistent that this younger, youngster many a time found his nights consistently wakened with his most brilliant solutions to the most bothersome problems. <clears throat> Silently, innate sp- sneaks up upon your sleepy self. Innate flashes answers so you may have them. Instead of getting up, having a pad and pencil handy along your bedside, writing the idea while in full clarity, you roll over on the other side, education saying, I'll remember that tomorrow. Right there and then was your big mistake. In the morning, education is top man again, innate's in retreat, doing only those things it has to do to keep the physical functions in motion. You didn't capture those ideas when innate wanted to and was willing to, so you educationally lost it. So what does that mean, right? When does innate talk to you guys? Because innate's always talking. When does it talk to you? Most common. Well, every day it's... But, I mean, there's certain times where it's really much louder. When is that? Connor?
1: So, it's... Uh, when you're reading that, I'm, I'm thinking about how... Uh, like how uh, we talk about the educated brain and how when it's there, it's kind of... It's making... The innate or healing—it's kind of like suppressing it. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? um, so it, it seems like when our mind is open to something new or where we don't really think about it, we don't—we don't really expect it. We just let things happen. Like in our mind as leader, it seems to me like it would be like the best time for healing. For innate sake,
0: yeah, innate. And, so, so Connor is, is saying like when innate, when your body, when your mind is like doing something else, that's when innate is going to come talk to you. So for instance, like driving, you're driving and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just had this idea. Right? Or taking a shower. This is a very common thing. That you're taking a shower and you're like, oh my God, right? So you need to have a pen and paper near shower, your shower because you're going to go out there dripping wet and write notes you know, about certain things. Um, so wh- when you're about to go to sleep or when you first wake up, another important time that innate talks to you, right? When you're exercising, especially if it's like monotonous exercise, in other words like running or a treadmill or, you know, on a bicycle, whatever, where you're doing something repetitively and your brain doesn't have to necessarily focus on whatever you're doing because you've done it a zillion times, right? That's when innate talks to you. So um, but the key is that you need to listen. Right. Some of our greatest ideas that I have had or my wife has had um, have been these innate thought flashes and they came out of nowhere. Right? They came totally out of nowhere. Like how did this whole, how did this group get here? It was an innate thought flash. Right? Somehow or other Bin figured out that I was here and then he contacted me and like this was, it was, it was an idea. Where did these ideas come from? Right? Where, where does this phone come, like how does Steve Jobs come up with this? Right. He didn't come up with it all at once. He just said, wait a second, I have a better idea. And he probably wrote something down on a piece of paper, a napkin or something, and look what it is today. right? So that's where they come from. When educated brain is kind of off a little bit, that's when it comes on. Good question. Another question. Come on. I know you guys have questions. Doesn't have to be about this, could be about anything. Yes.
1: So to play off of that, when a patient comes in, they're coming to you because they they're striving for something better or they want you to fix something, right? Correct. And it's their educated brain telling them, like they're consciously saying, "I think this is wrong" or "like this feels off." Like they're in their own head on what the problem is. Mm-hmm. When you're treating someone, do you? Th- do you think or what is the importance of framing what you're doing or trying to get them open-minded about what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Like ha- how does like affecting that patient's mindset when you treat them help them receive the...
0: Yes, okay, critical thought process that Connor just talked about, which is this. Like if we have a patient, they're coming in for with a certain expectation, right? I have a back pain, make it go away. Uh, I have a kid who's got colic or reflux. Make them better, right? There's some sort of, of thing. So you need to switch their brains, right? And that's, this is the failing of chiropractic. This is the ultimate thing that of just mentioned. This is the failing of chiropractic. Chiropractic has s- said for 122 years, whatever you're coming in for is what I'm gonna fix. That was completely the wrong thing. And that's not what BJ talked about, right? We need to tell them why they're really here. Not to make them wrong, right? So I don't say, you are wrong for wanting to be here for me to take care of your kid's asthma, right? There's no conversation about that at all. But but what I try to explain is, do you realize what's going on in this body? Do you realize that the nerves do a lot more than just tell you, your body, whether you have pain or whether your kid has asthma, right? There's so much more to this, right? Like the, the way that I know that we got in to that person's head was like, as an example, we had a, a, a woman start, I mean, a family start last week. And after her first adjustment, we always call after the first adjustment, not to see how they're feeling, but to see if they enjoyed their experience. And uh, I said, So, how'd you enjoy your experience? And she said, We're all in. Her and her husband and her four kids, she said, we're all in. We got it, we understand it. She said, I'm already telling people about it even though I don't know anything about you except for what little I've already met and even though we haven't had any results yet, I'm all in. Because we explained what chiropractic really is and this is the failing in chiropractic is that most chiropractors don't. Most chiropractors do not explain what chiropractic is. I hear it all the time. We had a patient the other day, she said, um, she's a new patient, lovely lady, and she said, oh, I've been to chiropractor for years. I re- said, really, great, when's the last time you were there? Oh, like three years ago? Oh, really, and wh- what happened? She said, oh, I had some pain, and I went there, I, she, she cracked me a couple times, and it was better. I'm like, okay, she was never educated, right? And she's been getting adjusted, she, she was a kid, and she had scoliosis, I, I, she said, the reason I got adjusted is because had scoliosis, I'm always having these you know, back pains, which is not unusual with scoliosis. And I said, okay, I I get what you're saying. But when we look at your spine, this is not about you just feeling better. It's about making your body as good as it can be. Because the problem isn't just now. The problem is if you don't take care of this problem now and really get on it, then so you're 30 years old and you're like this. Where are you going to go when you're 40? You're 40, you're 50, you're 60, right? And then you say, where did this come from? And it came from when you were 20 and you didn't do anything about it. And she's like, wow, like I never nobody ever told this to me. Nobody ever explained this to me. And my question to to chiropractic is, why? What are you so afraid of? Yeah, admittedly, it's easier to say, all right, lie down, let me fix your back. As a matter of fact, Connor, important thing, don't ever say the word treatment again. Don't say because I don't treat anybody or anything. Right? I fix subluxations, right? The treatment, the reason I say that is because treatment is a medical word, and I don't want to be associated with what a medical, like, here's your treatment, because now I'm treating you for your back pain. No, I'm fixing your subluxations. Now, of course, if you're mandated by the school to say treatment, you, you say whatever you want. Uh, but to a patient out in the real world, don't say the word treatment, because then they relate you to a dentist. You know, Fix my tooth. You come in one time, the tooth's fixed, they're done. But that's not how chiropractic works, right? Chiropractic has to change a pattern. So I don't use, I never use the word treatment. ICPA is really big on what we call salutogenesis. Salutogenesis, which is pretty much what that means is wellness for the sake of it. Right, wellness to build the health bank account. That's what salutogenesis is. It's not a treatment model because I'm not even treating a subluxation, right? I find it, and I fix it, and I leave it alone, like Gonstead said, right? Because the power that made the body heals the body, as Chuck Ripley says, right? We, and that's what we're working on, because we want to work on, on that ex- essential thing, right? That was good. You guys are really good. Yes?
1: What did you, how did you explain experience-
0: Cool, cool. Good question. Uh, what's your name? Mike, Mike. thank you, Mike. So Mike asked, uh, how do you explain this so that in one visit they get it? Uh, first of all, it was two visits, so that's important. Uh, it was the first visit, new patient exam, and then their first adjustment, so that's important. Um, but I think the most important thing is, it's not the words, it's the congruency, right? And I think that's the, one of the, most, the biggest missing ingredients in chiropractic is a lack of congruency. So when someone first comes in, I let them spit out all their pain and symptoms and problems. Tell me everything, right? And I sit there, or my intern sit there, and, or my associate, and we just sit there, write all, uh-huh, back pain here, asthma there, whatever it is, and we write it all out. And then what we do is we say, all right, let me tell you what chiropractic really is. And then we explain the chiropractic story. And we don't go from Harvey Lillard and Harvey Lillard, 1895, nobody cares. Right. Somebody asks about Harvey Lillard, we'll tell them about it. We have a picture of Harvey Lillard and B.J. Palmer on the wall. I have a 1940 painting of B.J. Palmer that someone gave me. Um, I have green books in my office. So it's there, but it's not, that's not the conversation. right? The conversation is, how does the brain and the body work? Right? And the nerve does a lot more. So here's a nerve. That nerve does a lot more than just go and make you feel pain. That nerve goes into organs, it goes into muscles, it goes into your balance and equilibrium, and your body sensations, it does so much more. So we explain why we're doing it, and then as we're going along during the exam, right, the next exam's the next thing, we're saying, do you realize you have a high shoulder, you have a high hip? Do you know what, what that does to that nerve, right? That nerve over here, that nerve in your neck, that nerve goes down into your shoulders, down into your arms and hands, goes into your immune system. Right, it goes into your thyroid gland. That nerve over here that in, the, in the lower back, yeah, it goes into your back. It goes into your colon. It goes into your rectum. It goes into sexual organs. So we started ex- putting all these pieces together. And the greatest gift that we can have, not this one family, but this, this other one woman I was just talking to you about, is after we were talking to her, she said, I have to bring my daughter in. What's going on with her? She has special needs. And she's got all these issues with her stomach, and she's got a bit of a curve in her spine, and she's got all these balance coordination issues and body awareness issues, she needs to get adjusted. Like, yes, yes, that's exactly right. I don't have to say, you have to bring in your family. They say, I have to bring in my family. Because it makes sense, right? Because we tell them the story, we tell them the truth, right, we don't mince our words, we don't hide anything, and we tell it with love and certainty and authenticity. Does that make sense Mike? Great. Was there another question in the back? Yeah, yeah. Brittany. Molly. Molly. Oh, you're Brittany. All right. I was close. Say the question again. Do you get a feeling when innate
1: is actually speaking to you versus whenever you get an
0: educated thought? Oh, okay, okay, yes. All right, that's okay. Now I get it. Molly. So Molly asked uh, Do you have like a a certain feeling uh, when you get an innate thought versus an educated thought? Yes. Usually the innate thought is very quiet. The innate thought sometimes isn't even a thought, it's a feeling. Versus educated is often very loud. So as an example, um, uh, my wife and I went into this restaurant maybe a couple of years ago, it was right near my office. And it was totally empty. And it's 8 o'clock on a Friday night. And we walk in the door like this. And we look around, and it's completely empty. And there's not even a person standing at the hostess station. And there's no waiters. It's like empty place. Even though there's music playing and all the tables are set, so I knew it was open for business, but it was completely empty. And listen, and like, we've been married 26 years now, going on to 27. So um, we looked at each other, and without saying a word, I'm like, all right, let's go. And she was like, no, oh, I was to say She's like, all right, let's go, right? Because I, we had a feeling. It didn't feel right. And then we're walking out, and now the waiter is running from the back saying, no, 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 hold on. We got plenty of tables. No, I, you know what? We decided to change our minds right? Now we could have said, oh, I feel bad. I'll stay for you, whatever. But then what would happen invariably? The service would be horrible. The food would be bad. We get sick because of it. something bad would happen, right? And all of us have had these feelings where we know we shouldn't have done something and we did it. And then we had a bad result from it, right? Right. Because we had the feeling, you know, I should have done this and I didn't do that. And now this is what happens, right? So, so, but the, the, the BJ used to calls it, if you read his green books, the wee small voice. If you listen to the wee small voice, W-E-E, the wee small voice, and that wee s- small voice will tell you when you're headed in the right direction, and it'll give you little hints. You know? Like, you ever all of a sudden think about someone, like, out of nowhere, like, oh, I gotta call Jane. And then two seconds later, what happens? The phone rings. You're like, wow. How did that happen, right? Or the other day, I was in my office, and I was thinking about a patient, and I wrote her name down, because I said, I have to call her, I haven't seen her this week. Who came in like five minutes later? Is that patient? And you know what I did? I said, look at this. Here's your name. I thought about you five minutes before you came in here. How did I do that, right? That's the innate thought flash, right? I got, and it was like, I'm adjusting, and I wasn't thinking about her, and all of a sudden, it just went whoosh, right into my brain, and she walks in, right? That's, what we're talking about, right? That's, it's a quiet voice, but it, it leads you, and the key is allowing it to lead you, right? Because here's one of B.J. Palmer's examples somewhere in Green Books, he talks about a river. Right? If you're in a river, you jump in a river, you can fight upstream if you want to, but it's really hard to fight upstream when the stream is pulling you back this way, right? If you're, if you're listening to innate, you, you jump in the river like this, and the river just takes you. And you have to do anything. And you have to steer, doesn't mean you do nothing, right? You still have to steer, but innate takes you, right? And and an innate-driven life is a beautiful life. Doesn't mean it's perfect, right? But it is a beautiful life. Good question, Molly. Thank you. Any other questions about this? Anybody else? I, I know I feel some questions brewing in here. All right, well I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna do, let's see, it's nine o'clock. So um, we're gonna do this for like a couple more minutes, but now I'm gonna change the topic a little bit. So, um, cause I, I find this a lot of times, is that people have questions about opening up a practice, or about how to get new patients, or you know, some sort of practical things, right? So I wanna open up the floor to like, let's, we'll talk till 9.30, Oh right, that's right. Looking at the wrong. You're right. It's eight o'clock here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just. It's it's nine. It's nine o'clock in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, right. I just gave you a time warp, didn't I? <laughs> what? All right. So it's eight o'clock here. So anyway, but I'm gonna give like, we'll do twenty because we have the room till uh, till about eight thirty. So um, questions about any of the practical stuff that you want to ask? Yes. Yeah. No. no.
1: Sure. What are your keys um, that you found to building a successful practice? What did you do like, to get the ball rolling, um, some of the most important things that you
0: found? That's a great question. Connor. Chris. 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 <laughs> All right. I, I, C. I got the C. I got the C. Sugar. All right. Or Connor, Chris, OK. So. Um, <laughs> um, what did I do to get the ball rolling to start my practice? And I like, this is a, a saying I use, uh, but it's, it's sort of like a politician saying. I shook a lot of hands and kissed a lot of babies. Right? So, and I've opened up two practices in my life. When I first graduated, I opened up a practice in, in 1990. And then uh, when I was asked, and my wife and I were asked to teach at Life University, we sold the practice up in um, in New Jersey, where I was uh, practicing, and then we went down to Atlanta and I started a f- practice from zero again in 2001. Okay. And it was all shaking hands and kissing <laughs> babies, which means I, I shook a lot of hands and kissed a lot of babies. <laughs> and I met a lot of people, right? M- my goal was to hand out 500 business cards in a month before I opened up my practice, right So I bought. and you can buy as much as you want, right? But I bought 500 because I want. my goal was to have that box empty by the end of a month, 30 days. So I knew I was gonna open up on a certain day. A month before that, I just started handing out cards, shaking hands, shaking hands, talking to people, talking about chiropractic. Every single person who came into my office to do any work in my office became a patient. So all the contractors and the plumbers and the person who made the business cards for me and the telephone person from AT&T, everybody became patients, right? My goal was 30 new patients in my first week, and we got that. Th- and that should be your goal, 30 new patients your first week. Because what happens is this, when you have 30 new patients, how many patients does that really mean? Right, because chiropractic math, right? At least in my brain, chiropractic math means a certain thing. Chiropractic math is not 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1, right? Because every one person means what? They have a spouse and they have kids, right? So one person is two, three, four, right? You get 30 people in your door in your first you know, week, now and then when you're done with all your exams and all that kind of stuff and report of findings and now doing the stuff like we talked about before with Mike that we are able to, to get more people to come in, right? That's the key is, here's huge practice management tip. Do not wait to have successful results in your treatment before you start asking for referrals. Don't wait until they're satisfied to ask. Get referrals right away. You gotta get referrals when they're wowed, and generally they're wowed in the beginning. The first few visits is when they're wowed. That's a critical, critical piece. A lot of people wait until, you know, I'm gonna wait until the back pain goes away and then I'll ask them for patience. But by that time, there's just like, well, I got what I wanted. Who cares? You got to get them before they even got what they wanted, when they're excited, right? Not when they get what they wanted, but when they're excited, right? When do people tell you about the movie they just saw that they loved? Did they tell you two or three months from now? They tell you as they're walking out of the theater, right? They're on Facebook saying five stars. This was amazing. Holy cow! They're writing reviews already before the credits are rolling. They're already writing about how awesome it was, right? Right. That's the time, the time is right exactly then. So th- hand out 500 business cards in your first month, 30 goals should be 30 new patients in your first week, get all of them to refer the rest of their families and friends and all that other kind of stuff in t- you know, to see you, and then um, make sure you deliver what you say you're gonna deliver. Right? Be completely congruent with what you're gonna deliver. So my recommendation to students, is become a master at something while you're here in school. So if you are if you like Gonstead, if you like Activator, you like Thompson, you like full spine, whatever it is, become a master. But remember that chiropractic is a science, art and philosophy. So you got to be able to deliver the goods, which is the adjustment. But the goods is also you got to know the science behind it. And the goods is also you got to know the philosophy, the why. So it's a science, art, and philosophy, right? And so when, when I deliver the goods to my patients, it's a science, art, and philosophy. It's not one thing. It's not, delivering the goods isn't this. Delivering the goods is those three things put together in a special package for them. Because I want them walking out of my office like they all do, and they say, wow. Like, I love Dr. Rubin. He's got an amazing staff. He's got amazing interns. His associate's fabulous. The place is beautiful, right? And we give, we we have food out for the kids, and we have all kinds of we lovely music, and everything's comfortable, and per, everything's like that's what I, I want people to say, because I say it all the time. Like I walk in this environment, I already feel better. You, every says to me, it's amazing how often I hear it all, all week long. You created something that's so lovely in here. And that's what I that's what I, I aim to do, right? It's not clo- I, we have an open adjusting area, so my, my adjusting area is about this big with five adjusting benches separated by T-bars, and it, it's just magical in there. But you gotta create the magic. And, the, but I, I think one of the biggest things is that we talked about this before with Brittany's question, is the preparation beforehand. So I don't just show up at five to nine and I'm ready, right? I have to mentally get myself ready. And that takes preparation, right? Dr. Sid used to say one of my favorite sayings, Long days and sleepless nights. Long days and sleepless nights. Which means there's a lot of preparation to get to where you want to go, right? Long days and sleepless nights. Which means, right now, you're in school. Long days and sleepless nights, right? You're, you're out late at school, you're back in clinic, you're studying till 2 in the morning with a test at 8 in the morning, right? I get it. I remember I was there. Long, but it doesn't change. Because here's the deal, when you're in school, you get tested every couple of weeks. When you're in practice, you get tested every single day, every single patient's a test. So you gotta pass, you gotta ace every adjustment, every adjustment. So when you're adjusting 100 or more people in a day, you gotta ace all of them. Not just the couple of questions you're, you're doing. You know, the 50 questions that take you an hour. That's not, you know, that's, How you do it in school. When you leave school, you're taking off that hat of a student, although you'll always be a student, but then you put the doctor hat on, and now you're tested all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And that's what BJ talked about, which is why I read this to you guys, is the slipping and checking, right? Constantly slipping and checking, constantly improving yourself. What can you do to improve yourself? Good question, Chris. Thank you. Answer it for you? Good question. Sure, so good question. Name? San. San? San. San. So Sandy, Sandy? San, S-A-N. S-A-N, oh I like that. San, so um, so San's question was, how do I explain to parents uh, whose kids are on the spectrum how chiropractic can help them, uh, maybe even regarding vaccines or something like that? Um, So in terms of autism, autism is a very challenging issue because it's not an issue. Right, uh, like a lot of things are, are sort of unimodal. In other words, there's sort of like one thing going on with them, and then you can work with that one thing. Like as example, asthma. Not that it's easy or simple, but asthma, certain subluxation patterns you're probably going to find based on which kind of asthma they are dealing with, and they probably have a dietary issue that needs to be addressed, most likely milk. Autism. There's a famous a saying in the autism speaks community that I'm involved with, uh, when you see one kid with autism, you see one kid with autism. Because autism is a spectrum of things. So some kids are high functioning, some kids are moderate, some kids are low functioning. I see the whole spectrum. I see some kids who are the arm flappers and non-communicative. And I also see the high functioning kids that you wouldn't even think are autistic, but that's what their label does. Um, but they're just socially uncomfortable you know, kind of kids and a little odd. you know. Back way back when I was a kid, they probably would have called them like a geek or a nerd, and now they call them high-functioning autism. Um, so uh, what we have to understand is my job isn't to make their asthma go away or their autism go away or their back pain go away. That's not my job. My job is to find the interference in their life process and help remove that interference. Right. So one of the methods that you know, we use is chiropractic care. Because chiropractic care helps integrate the nerve system. If you have a non-integrated nerve system, you're out of balance. By an adjustment, or multiple adjustments really, then you are reintegrating the nerve system. And you're now taking a child who's out of balance and putting them in balance. And when they're in balance, they will do better. Now does that mean, is my job to make autism go away? No. Some kids, it will never change in terms of their diagnosis. right? So we have some kids who've been adjusted for quite a while and they're relatively nonverbal and they're having a little bit more language but they're not all of a sudden like talking up a blue streak. But they're calmer, they're happier, they're doing better in school, right? They're not aggressive anymore, right? That's what I wanna see, right? So I would love to say, oh, every chiropractic adjustment for autistic kids, well, no problem and these kids are golden. Not possible, now we've seen other kids who... I'll tell you guys a story tomorrow. Uh, one little boy who came in and the kid was... He, all he did was echo words. You'd say something, he'd say it back. You'd say something, he'd say it back. And then all of a sudden, after a month's worth of adjustments, he starts spelling words out to us. On, on he'd come in one day and he said, D-R-E-A-M spells dream. Dream. Out of nowhere. No... He had not had any communication with me at all. And now, all of a sudden, we have these le- you know, like, like words all over the office. He's spelling the word dream. And we're all like, like holy cow. Like, I run in the back. I got a video of it. I said, do that again. right?" Uh, and now the kid's like, talking up a blue streak. right? But once again, are we going to get everybody? No, it's not possible to get everybody. But I am pretty OK with getting 14 out of 16. right? I'm okay with seeing a, a whole lot of improvement. That's what, ju- what juices me up. Right? Nobody's ever going to get 100%. That's not possible. But I want to see the world get adjusted. And the only way I can see the world get adjusted is if you go out and adjust a lot, a lot of people. Especially the kids. Because an adjusted kid becomes an adjusted adult. And an adjusted adult will marry someone who's going to get adjusted. And their, their kids will get adjusted. And that's how we change the world, right? Uh, one thing I say all the time, why is chiropractic the best kept secret in America? Right? You ever wonder that? Why is it that we do something so amazing, but hardly anybody knows about it? And can I tell you why? Because we don't tell anybody about it. I'll tell you about your back pain. I, I'm your back pain fixer upper Well, so is Doan's aspirin and and Goody's back pain powder and Aleve, that's a back pain fixer-upper too. So is the physical therapist down the road from my office who now adjusts, right, and says, you don't need to go to the chiropractor anymore, I'm gonna do this for you. And my patient comes in and says, he said I don't need to go to the chiropractor anymore. I said, we have two completely different goals. His short-term pain management, right, make your shoulder feel better. Mine long-term health care deposits in your health bank account. Right? I'm working on your nerve system. He's working on your back and your bones. Two very different philosophies. Not wrong, not bad, just different thought process. Right? What separates me from him is my philosophy. Right? That's why, to your question, why we need to start now, because I think the strongest chiropractors I know who graduate and go out there and do gangbuster things are the people who are really grounded in philosophy. Like they got it, they own it. But they're also great at adjusting their art and they're great at science too, right? All three, the triune, science, art, philosophy, right? Answer your question? Great, thank you, Sam. Yes, Why Molly. is philosophy not as uh, grounded in all <laughs> I better sit down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Molly asked a very tough question. Why is philosophy not grounded in all the school systems? Because um, it's real easy to not talk about philosophy. So what separates <coughs> us? Not a whole lot. The question was, what separates us? Not a whole lot separates us right now, right? And that's what we have to change. Because what's going to make us different is the philosophy. It's the why. Why we do what we do. Anybody could, do what, anybody could do this. You probably heard on an older podcast, my son at five years old was adjusting his friends. Right? We had to tell him not to. Right? Remember that? One of his little buddies has a headache. We get a call from the school. Your son is adjusting, saying he's doing chiropractic work on his friend. <laughs> my Palmer. Palmer's his name. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> still makes sense, right? <laughs> Um, although he's 22 now he's not going to the chiropractic he's, he's he's going to film that's what he, he his his passion is film um, so hopefully he'll make the first chiropractic movie um, so um, as a Palmer you, you can't you can't do that I uh, said so you got to wait till you have a license and go to school and <laughs> right for five years old he's like oh what right but right so but anybody but anybody can do this right this is and you've heard me say as a podcast dude this is not an adjustment Right? Any, uh, you, any, any of your friends that are not chiropractors, you can, tell, you can say, we're just pushing my back over here, and you can call that an adjustment. Right? An adjustment, BJ will say it in the Biggest Fellow Within, the first couple of pages, is that s- extra something. Right? The extra something, the something else that's behind the adjustment. Right? This is not an adjustment, that's a thrust. So a physical therapist can say, I adjust. And they want to use that word, and that's totally fine. Because we stole their words, right? Physical therapy. right? I'll do physical therapy equipment on you. Rub-a-dub-dub, right? (laughs) Which, by the way, we don't do in our office. Um, We only deliver one thing in my office, and that's adjustments. That's it. Um, But if they steal our words, which is adjustment, and they're saying, I'm adjusting you, let them. I don't got to fight them because I don't do what they do. They can't do what I do until because if they started doing what I do, they'd have to say what I say, and then they'd be contradicting themselves. So what I do only masquerades as this, but it's all this other stuff, right? And that's why you got to learn how to, as they say in life, talk the tick. Right? Because you could be the best adjustor in the world, but not have a busy practice because you don't know how to talk about it. You don't have the the tick, as we call it, down. Right? We need to have the tick. And that's coming to this, this is how you learn a tick. Because now you guys are gonna say what I say. And this is how I learned it, because I learned it from Dr. Sid. Right? So Dr. Sid said this is up, he says it, sounds good, I'm gonna say it. Now I say it in my own words. Right? I'll tell you his quotes, but a lot of what I say is because of Dr. Sid and Dr. Santo and Dr. Sotilli and Dr. Sigafoos and Dr. Reggie Gold right? and all the great chiropractors that came before us, right? all the shoulders of giants. Dr. Webster, That I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, as they say. Right? And now it's your turn to stand on me, who's going to stand on someone else, right? and now we pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. Because chiropractic, here's the thing. The bottom line: chiropractic is way bigger than you and me. Way, way bigger. Right? BJ says in the Bigness Fell Within, in one of his stories, it's the biggest idea I know of. Right? Because it's about uniting, as his dad said, man the physical, man the spiritual. Spiritual meaning whatever you want to mean it. Right? But it's about uniting. It's about here's the kid who's out of balance, and then you put this kid in balance, and now. He can talk. Or now the asthma isn't there anymore. Or now the little boy who's constipated isn't constipated anymore. Right, we had a boy come in uh, a couple months ago who couldn't go to the bathroom until once every two weeks and he would scream and cry and yell and blood and all kinds, it was just horrible, right? He's been adjusted now for months and now clear, the kid just no problem, right? Because the body is reconnected. You know, what we do is we reconnect. We're reconnecting. What happens is someone, there's no plug here. So here's a, here's a plug, I'm not going to unplug this, uh, but <laughs> there, there's a plug over here, right? I want you to understand, when a patient comes into you, they're not plugged in. Do you get that? They're not plugged in. It's near there, but they're not plugged in. And you ever have that before where you're, you're working on something with electric tool, and then it like comes out of the socket, but it's not completely out? And you're going like, what's wrong with this thing? Why isn't the drill isn't going, or whatever it is you're using, the the blender isn't working, right? And you look over there. Oh, it pulled out a little bit, but it was still in. But it wasn't all the way in, right? And our job is to make sure, boom, it's all the way in, with whatever adjustment you use. You know, I use Network, I use Best, I use Gonstead, I use Thompson, right? I use SOT. I use Cranial Work, right? I use Activator. I use them all. Because every patient needs a certain thing, and I don't know what they need until I come and see them, and then we start different things, and there's certain patterns, which we'll talk about in the seminar tomorrow, there's certain patterns that make me say, I'm going to start here, 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 right? But then we use those patterns, and then we interrupt, I put my pattern onto their pattern and interrupt their pattern to create a new pattern, right? That's the magic. Good questions. One more question. Yes, sir.
1: So we talked about like, it's much more than just the RN, just the adjustment and communicating their philosophy and our science and getting this whole picture. And you're setting this whole picture for your patient and then you're putting your hands on them and treating them. So my question is how important or how would you verbalize? Um, when you have your hands on someone, the intent and the love that you put into that, and the role that it plays in the healing process.
0: This is a great question. All right, Connor, right? You're Connor. Okay. All right. So Connor asked, "How do we put this intent into the adjustment and tell this to the patient?" Right. And it's a it's a difficult question to. to I'm going to answer, and it may almost seem like it's not an answer, but it really is. Is I don't mention this at all. Right. Well,
1: just how would you uh, not not how would you describe it to the patient because it's a nonverbal thing and I don't right. believe that you should verbalize it. It's just something that you do and something that the patient knows. they know that they're in good hands when you put their yes. put your hands on them. Yes. How would you describe that feeling from your end? Like how would you describe? Okay. Oh, great. The importance of it. Great. Or what is going through your mind? Like just.
0: This is a, yeah great okay so so what's going through my mind as I am making this connection with the patient. Okay, present time consciousness. One thing I really want to say about you guys, uh, just as a group, that has really impressed me, is that you guys have not spent a lot of your time on the phone doing this, right? I sometimes speak in front of groups, especially of students, younger people like yourselves, and I see this all the time, right? Facebook, 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 Facebook. Like, God forbid you haven't like, liked some notification that came up, right? as if something earth shattering will happen if you don't get to that, zzz, you know, it's like you get addicted. To the oh, I gotta, I gotta jump on this, this thing, right? So present time consciousness is Ram Das says this, be here now, wherever you are, be there. So when I'm with that patient, I am focused 100% on them, even though I have five adjusting tables. There are 30 people in the, in the whole office, people are going all over the place, the kids are pulling on my leg, and I'm still just with that person. Right? Laser focus, laser focus, because that's what they want. Right? Marietta, Georgia, where I'm, I'm at, I don't know if it's the same way wherever you guys are gonna end up, but Marietta, Georgia, there are probably a thousand chiropractors in the Marietta and greater Atlanta area. So to drive to my office, they're passing by probably 30 to 50 other chiropractors to get to my office. And I have some patients that are literally driving two hours one way to get to see us. Two hours one way. I have other patients who have flown in from other states to come see us, right? Who are flying over thousands of chiropractors you know, to come see us because of the present time cautiousness. Not that, once again, I'm any amazing hero or whatever, but because I will give them the authority and the attention, and the authenticity, and the love, and the care that they need. And they know that. But the present time, and how do you develop present time consciousness? In my opinion, is meditation. I think meditation, uh, yoga is it for some people too. Um, But for me, uh, yoga is more uh, physically therapeutic. Um, For me, meditation is what did, did it. When we first started our meditation years and years ago, back in the 90s, um, we really got into it. And I feel like that meditation is like an anchor to me. So when something, you know, when there's a lot of chaos going on, I'm able to go breathe and focus, right? And that's the key thing. And that brings up another important point, which is breathing exercises, which is another thing that Dr. Sid taught us. Make sure you're breathing correctly right? Let's make sure you're all breathing correctly. Everybody put your hands on your belly. Put your hand on your belly. All right? Now take a deep breath in. And all the way out. All right. Deep breath in. All the way out. When you take a deep breath in, where does your hand go? Does your hand go out or in? Your hand, watch my belly. Your hand is supposed to go out. Right? If you're not doing that, and some of you may not be, that's called paradoxical breathing. It means you're not breathing really deep breaths. You need to train yourself. Dr. Sid taught us this. And I remember me and Lisa sitting there and both of us were doing it wrong. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm breathing in and my stomach's going in, I'm breathing out, my stomach's going out. It's supposed to go the other way. So he said, train yourself. If you're not doing that right, then train yourself because breathing is an anchor. So when you get into a stressful situation, Right? You're about to take a test, as an example, like a lab exam, you're all stressed out, you're breathing like, <laughs> you know, like you're all nervous, right? And you're, so I have some students that are like, calm down, calm down, take a deep breath before you get started, right? Why do they say that? Why do some people smoke cigarettes? Because they're taking a deep breath, right? That's what, what calms down is not the nicotine, that really doesn't calm it down, it actually increases your heart rate, right? It's the deep breaths, right? So, Take, taking that deep breath. So I'd say, train yourself, to these students especially, who are having these kind of issues. Train yourself, because you develop an anchor. Your breath becomes an anchor. And then when you're about to have a stressful situation, you're about to take a test, like a lab exam, or an OSCE, or a national board, like part four. Before you go to the national board part four, you go And you anchor yourself. And now you're there, and you're ready. And now, boom, perform. Right. So, but once again, training. Painstaking preparation, right? That's what what you have to do, painstaking preparation. Your science, your art, your philosophy, doing the routine. Like I mentioned, starting it somewhere. Reading a green book, doing meditation, doing yoga, doing something to get yourself started. Because if you don't start now, when are you gonna start? Right, that's really the big question. If you don't start now, when are you gonna start? My suggestion is do it now. My suggestion is there's no better time than the present. Yeah, you got stuff, right? We all got stuff. Everybody has to deal with stuff. You got boards, you got oskies, you got exams, you got you know, spouse problems, girlfriend, boyfriend, kids, parents, all the other blah, 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 blah. We all got monkeys on our back. Carve out some time to change your life. And understand when you carve out that time, it's not gonna change tomorrow. But by doing the practices over and over and over and over and over again, you'll see two years from now, when you're in that situation and you take that deep breath and you're with that patient and all the words just come out because you've been doing all the right things, your life changed, right? So the 20 some odd years that I've been doing all these different things, that's my anchor. So when I go into my office, I touch the door like this, before I go into the office, and as I walk through the door, I'm touching the door like this, and I leave everything outside, the office outside. And then when I leave the office, if I so desire, I can pick it back up. I can pick up all the monkeys, but I leave the monkeys outside, right? So it's the, Connor, it's the present time consciousness. That's how I convey it. So when I'm with that patient, I'm not checking my emails, I'm not thinking about somebody else, I'm not doing something else, I'm with that patient and I give them 100% of my attention. And that takes training, right? And meditation to me is that training to make you focus. Because when you're meditating, you're quieting your mind. So when all the noise is going on around me and I got all these people and kids and whatever, I'm just with that person, I hear nothing. And people are like, how do you concentrate on that? I don't hear a thing. I don't hear the music, I don't hear the people, I don't hear anything, I'm just saying to the patient, move your hand this way, do this, turn your head, turn your head, lift your shoulders, right? Good question. Alright, um, so this was amazing, right? This was amazing. I'm really super impressed with all you guys. Yes, 838, perfect. I'm so impressed. Uh, I wanted just to say a few things uh, before I finish up. First off, um, I don't know how many of you guys have seen the Pathways magazine. Uh, you should get, if you're involved with the ICPA club at Parker, you should get this. Um, and I have the great honor of having this article uh, in the Pathways magazine uh, called Autism, the Neuroplasticity and the Polyvagal Theory. It's available online for free, um, so you can easily read this and any of the other articles uh, if you want. So just letting you know. Um, This is my passion, like what I do in my life is um, I talk about chiropractic, I do chiropractic, I write about chiropractic, and I read about chiropractic. Right, so I'm kind of of a one-track mind. (laughs) Um, So uh, this is an, I think it's a culmination of a lot of things, um, and I'm just excited to be a part of it. And I think if you're gonna deal with the special needs community like I do, then this would be a really good article for you to read and I, there's a lot of sources in this. So if you go into this and you like it uh, and you go online, all the, I, I have annotated the entire article online. So you can get all the sources that I am talking about. And the, the next, I'm um, hoping to, that they'll publish another article, a follow-up on this, that I call De-Evolution. There's a podcast that I did a couple of weeks ago or months ago or something about de-evolution that um, just shows like how humankind is kind of dipping a little bit in its where we're at in terms of our functioning, but it's going to come back. It has to dip in order to come back up. I think it's part of where we have to go. We have to de-evolve to re-evolve. right? So that's the first thing I want to talk to you guys about before we finish. Uh, The second thing is if any of you guys want to come to the seminar tomorrow, please let me know. Um, I'm going to turn on uh, one of our computers now. And if you want to sign up for it, Uh, we'll have that available for you. If you want to become ICPA members um, as students, I know there's a great discount to become an ICPA member, and you can, if you uh, are an ICPA member, and then you uh, decide to take seminars, it's a significant savings uh, to do uh, that kind of stuff. And even if you don't want to do that, you don't want to take the seminars, just to support the ICPA, we'd really appreciate it, because um, the more, you know, it's all about numbers, right? the more st- strength in numbers, and the more people we have committed to the kids, you know, the better it's gonna be. So um, we're gonna set up that computer in a moment. What I also like to do is I wanna take a picture of everybody kind of, I know we have one picture of every spread out, but I wanna put everybody against like one wall and take a picture with all you guys. And I thank you so much for your attention. You guys are amazing. Thank you.